What's going on? I'm Mark Pizarro, and today I want to talk about Wall Street, GameStop, Dogecoin, and what it means to you. So this is a rundown of what's been happening over the past 48 to 72 hours. It's very important. In my opinion, it's historic. And I'm going to explain to you the whole story so that more or less you can understand why this is important to you, why this is important to your financial future, and what exactly is happening today in our country. Okay. So let's begin with what happened. What has been happening recently is we had this virus. And the virus was used as reasoning to lock everyone in the country in their homes. And then that made a bunch of people lose their jobs. So I'm not telling you anything you don't know. But one of the things that was a consequence of this was the fact that stocks went crazy. So there was a huge dip. And what I mean by dip is that this value of stocks went really low for a certain period of time back around February, March 2020. And all of these investors who had a lot of money sitting around, they went and they bought it all for pennies on the dollar. Okay. And then from that point forward, we've seen stocks hitting all time highs that are just ridiculous. So all these companies were making billions of dollars. Now, as far as Wall Street is concerned, that's perfectly fine. Like that's totally cool. There's nothing wrong with that happening. They had the money, an opportunity presented itself and they took advantage of it. Okay. So there are these things called hedge funds and hedge funds are basically like a group of investors get together and they get a guy who's really smart and understands the stock market and they have him go out and buy riskier investments because they have a higher rate of return usually, meaning the more risk, the more reward. And so these hedge funds, they go out and they look to short stocks. And what shorting is, is basically when you find a company that you think is doing poorly. So let's say a company's stock price is $10 and you look at the company's history, you look at who their management is, you look at how their sales are going, and you take the bet that that stock is gonna go from $10 to let's suppose $7. So now when you short the stock, what you basically do is you go and you borrow from a broker that stock, okay? but you're leveraging the stock because you might borrow, like in this case, or in many cases, 40 times the amount of stock that is actually in existence. So you're saying, I'm going to leverage this stock 40 times past what actually exists in the world in regards to this stock. And then if that stock goes down, I'm going to make a ton of money because I'm betting that the stock is gonna go down and I have so much extra of this stock that I'm betting on. So th therein lies a problem, but we'll get to that. So then what ends up happening is, as it normally works out, if you really did your homework and the stock goes down, you make money because you bet that the stock was gonna go down. And this is a very simple explanation. Let me get this out of the way. This is not financial advice. I'm not a financial advisor. I'm just informing you on things that I think are important but in no way, shape or form am I a financial advisor or is this financial advice? So the stock goes down and I'm giving you a very simplistic version of what shorting is. So the stock goes down and you make a bunch of money on your bet and then you pay your lender the value of that stock. So if it went from 10 to seven, now you just have to pay back at the rate of $7 versus 10 when you initially opened up your buy. And you can correct me in the comments if I've got that wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's how it goes. Okay, so now, what happens? There was a stock 
from a video game retailer called GameStop. And if you have kids, most of you have probably taken your kids there to buy a video game, to buy a console, buy accessories, things like that. Well, when they shut everything down, GameStop being a retail location seller lost tons of money and the value of their stock went down a whole bunch because there was nobody walking through the door because everyone was locked away in their homes. So these hedge funds came along led by one called Melvin Capital and they bet that the stock for GameStop was going to go down. Now here's where a, a group of people on Reddit come into the play and they're called Wall Street Bets and it's just a forum but they have like a couple million you know people in the forum and they start talking about the fact that they want to stop the short on GameStop what was the motivation for this I don't know whether it's for them to actually make some money or for them to just stick it to the man but the bottom line is is that they started to buy GameStop stock and by doing so the price of GameStop stock started to go up right because as we know, the basic laws of supply and demand are is that when there's a lot of something, the price is usually low. And when there's a little of something or when there's a demand for something, the price goes up. So now you got a bunch of people on this Wall Street Bets forum in Reddit deciding to go and buy GameStop stock. And so by doing so, the price started to go up and up and up. And at its peak, it got up to like $450. So if you're one of these hedge fund managers at Melvin Capital or any of the companies that follow behind Melvin Capital because Melvin Capital is like, you know, like a leader in this industry. And so whatever moves they make, you're going to have a bunch of copycat hedge funds that do whatever they're doing. So a bunch of these companies now have bet that their short is going to make them a ton of money. And instead, they start to lose money by the rate of $1 billion every time the price of the GameStop stock went up $12. So it went from like $4 to $450. And in total, it was, it was understood that these hedge funds have lost about $25 billion, which is crazy. When these hedge funds go out and they decide that they're gonna short a stock, it just so happens that they have friends in the media and they tell their friends, hey, why don't you mention that like GameStop is in a lot of trouble and they may be facing bankruptcy soon and then the media goes out there and tells you that and everybody believes what the media says and so then they start to sell their stock because they're afraid because the media is saying that that stock is going to lose value so now all of these regular investors right people like you and me we hear GameStop is going to go down and we go out and we sell our GameStop stock so that we can get out of it before we lose any more money and that makes the price go down and that's a short and that's how they do it so they are essentially manipulating the market and they've been doing this for decades but while they're doing it, it's fine. So now Wall Street Bet comes along, Wall Street Bets, they come along and they say, well, we're gonna do something similar, but they're doing it completely transparently because they're in a forum on a subreddit, right? They're on Reddit, they're talking about it clearly. Some of these people are very smart and they look at the same things that the guys at the hedge funds look at and they're like, well, you know what? I'm gonna bet that it doesn't go down. I'm gonna bet that it goes up because I'm gonna start buying this stock and you guys should buy it too. And then they all get together and they start buying the stock. And so it's kind of like 2011 all over again when we had Occupy Wall Street. These same people, they went out and they bet that if they gave someone with bad credit a loan that was double the size of what they could pay, that that person would eventually not be able to pay their home off, that they would not be able to make the payments because they gave them these arm 
mortgages, adjustable rate mortgages. So they basically said, hey, here's this mortgage and you're going to pay on it for three or five years and your monthly payment is going to be 1300, 1400 bucks. So you can do it with what you're making. But then when that third or fifth year came around and that rate adjusted and it went back to its actual rate, what it should have been all along, now their house payment is $2,500 or $2,800. And now this person can't pay that off. They can't make the payments because they just don't have the money. So what ends up happening? What ends up happening is that they go into foreclosure. And by them going into foreclosure, you had all of these big banks already betting that they were going to be able to collect all this debt and then resell this debt to other banks. And so everybody was going to get rich off the misery of mom and dad and Joe and Jane who work a job and don't really have understanding of investing or how mortgages work or whatever the case may be. And they're getting into these subprime loans. And so what ended up happening was we had the housing crash, right? 2008, 2009, everybody remember this? Everyone and their mother lost their house. Okay. And so what ended up happening then was when the banks failed, Morgan Stanley and Bayer Stern and all these big, huge banks started to fail. And it was like, okay, now maybe things are going to change. The government came along and they gave these banks bailouts. No one went to jail, right? No one saw the inside of a prison cell based on this, based on stealing from regular average everyday Americans and then using average everyday Americans taxpayer funds to pay the people who had just robbed them. That's crazy. All right. You'll understand why I went into all of that in a moment. So going back to what is happening with GameStop and Wall Street bets, you have Wall Street bets now saying we're going to continue to buy this stock and we're going to kill that short that Melvin Capital and all their buddies are making. So Melvin Capital and all their friends, they start to lose money hand over fist. So Robinhood, which is one of the major apps these days, them and Cash App and a couple of others, Voyager, they're out there saying, hey, come on in, buy stocks. You can buy, you know, fractions of stocks. It's really easy, whatever the case may be. And all these people are buying stocks through the Robinhood app, right? They've been blowing up in regards to getting everyday retail users. That's what they call them, retail users to buy this stock or to buy different stocks using their app. So when all of this starts to occur, Robinhood comes along and they say, you know what? We're halting trading on GameStop stock on AMC because AMC and Nokia and a couple of other companies were also mentioned. But GameStop was the one like leading the way. And so what ends up happening is they say, we're halting trading on this. You can't buy anymore, but you can sell it. So now do they do this to the hedge funds? Is that how that works? No. But to you, the retail buyer, They'll tell you, oh, wait, you're starting to make a lot of money. No, you can't buy anymore. You can't raise the price anymore. Because if you continue to raise the price, you're going to hurt my friends over at Melvin Capital. So as it turns out, Citadel is an investment company and they are invested in Melvin Capital. And it just so happens that Citadel is also Robinhood's number one customer. So when Robinhood is telling you, you can't do this anymore, we're halting trades, and Vlad, the, the CEO of the company, is saying, oh, we did this to make sure of the integrity of our platform, blah, 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 blah. That's complete nonsense, straight lies. Because what he's doing is he's protecting his hedge fund buddies and his investor, Citadel, at your expense. 
Because then when they stop you from selling GameStop or buying GameStop, I should say, what ends up happening is the price drops because nobody can buy it. So now it's losing value, right? So it went from like $450 to $135. Now the price drops and Robinhood says, oh, you can buy it again. But in the meantime, all of these hedge funds get in and they're buying it now and they ride it as it goes back up to 300. So now they're all making profits, but you were limited from doing so. How does that work? So the rich will say, oh, you know, poor people should just invest. And then when poor people start to invest, they're like, wait a minute, I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. And so you can see how all of this works. When Robinhood gets hit with a couple hundred thousand negative reviews because of their bad behavior, because they're defrauding their users, Google deletes those negative reviews from the App Store. How convenient is that? So you're telling us that we have reviews, that we have a place where we can get feedback on how we feel about an app. But then when we do so, if you don't like what we say, you remove what we say. So what's happening there? You're directing the narrative. You're trying to tell us that Robinhood is good when the majority of people are saying, no, Robinhood is bad, right? If you left those 100,000 negative reviews on the Robinhood app, and it gets the one-star rating that it deserves, people stop using the Robinhood app. But apparently, Vlad and Google are friends, and so they're now polishing up Robinhood's reputation, even though it should be full of the dirt that it earned. On top of this, Reddit comes along, and they say, oh, Wall Street Bets Forum, you know, the subreddit, is promoting hate speech, and then they try to nuke it. And so now Wall Street Bets has to go and become a private subreddit. And then Discord comes along, another tech company, a messaging service that's very popular these days. They come along and they say, oh, no, you can't use Wall Street Bets on Discord because they are using sexual exploitation language and things like that. We're shutting them down too. So what are we seeing here? We're seeing that Wall Street and the hedge fund managers and big tech and the government are all working together. Those are the elites, right? These are the people that are saying, oh, we're here to help you, but in the end, they're really just here to rob you. Because now the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, the people who oversee Wall Street, they're saying that they're going to have to look into changing the rules to where retail buyers don't have as much access to buying stocks the way they currently do. What? So what you're telling me is I'm going out and making an investment and because this investment hurts your buddies because they decided to take a bet, they decided to take a high risk so that they could get high reward, but when it goes against them, they don't have to deal with the high risk. They only get to deal with the high reward and everyone else deals with the high risk. How does that work? But now that's what they're saying. And then the president of the United States and the White House, they're saying they're keeping their eye on this whole situation and there may be investigations. So now they're exerting force. They're exerting pressure onto the average person so that they can feel like, oh, I should stay away from this. I shouldn't be involved because the government is telling me not to. And so there we go and we ask ourselves, isn't this a government for we the people? Well, we're starting to see that this is actually a government for we the Wall Street, 
because if you're telling me that these people who rob retail users all the time who completely defraud companies that may or may not survive but they're shorting them so they're going to ensure that they fail for profit that's okay but if the retail user gets together and has you know the same idea and just simply goes out and buys stock that's not okay meanwhile they have these things called idea dinners They've been having these for decades where a bunch of rich guys go to a dinner and they start talking about the companies that they're interested in investing in or shorting and that they're going to do it as a group. And they do this behind closed doors in rooms where only millionaires and billionaires get to be in. So when Wall Street Bets does it publicly in a subreddit, it's not okay. But if these rich guys do it behind closed doors, smoking their cigars and drinking their expensive liquor, that is okay. So now you should be getting the picture as to why this should matter to you. It's so pervasive that you have people on both the left and the right, Democrats, Libertarians, Republicans, they're all getting together and calling BS on this, right? AOC and the squad, who don't particularly get along with Ted Cruz, they were just the other day asking for him to be recalled as a senator, right? They're now all getting along with the same opinion because they're saying this is nonsense. We need to investigate this. That's how bad it is when you have people who are ideologically opposed can see the same issue and say, we agree on this. This is wrong. You know, it's a big deal. So then enters Satoshi Street Bets. So now Satoshi Street Bets is the same thing as Wall Street Bets, except in the cryptocurrency space. If you don't know what cryptocurrency is I'm imagining you know what Bitcoin is and it's just one of many cryptocurrencies okay it's the original and it sprouted from the whole Occupy Wall Street movement back in 2011 because they were saying you know whoever Satoshi Nakamoto is the person or persons who use that moniker to create this cryptocurrency they were saying this is not right the way this monetary system in America and in the world works and we should have an alternative right they saw the way the banks defrauded the public and they said we should create an alternative or i should create an alternative people don't know who the originators are so that's how bitcoin came about you had a bunch of mathematicians and programmers or one mathematician and programmer who decided that they were going to create an alternative currency by using blockchain technology and blockchain technology just basically means a ledger someplace where you record transactions that cannot be hacked or it's near impossible to hack at this point in time so bitcoin is the number one cryptocurrency has been and probably always will be it's like a storage of value in terms of its digital gold and it has the same value that the u.s dollar has it has the value in the sense that whatever we believe the value is that's what the value becomes okay people will say that there's a bunch of assets that back the dollar that's true, but the dollar only has as much value as people put faith into it. If tomorrow everyone decided that the US dollar holds no value and stopped using it, the value of the dollar would go to zero. The same thing with Bitcoin. It went from nearly zero to now being over $35,000. And that fluctuates. It's had a peak of 42000 But the reason being is because people see that it's a limited resource and that it has value for the future, especially when you see things like what's happening now with Wall Street and our economy and the dollar and where this all may lead to in the near future. So there are a bunch of other cryptocurrencies that have come about since crypto was invented, since Bitcoin came about. And one of them is called Dogecoin. Dogecoin was created kind of as a meme, kind of as a joke. 
And they stopped developing on it. They stopped working on the technology itself back in 2015. But people have always kind of had Dogecoin in that, you know, I enjoy this. I think it's funny. Maybe someday it'll have value type of space. So it's been like a meme cryptocurrency and it's held that. In other words, it's held some value. And there are some people who truly believe in it, think that it'll get to be like a really high valuable cryptocurrency at some point. What ends up happening is because of what happened with GameStop, all these people who are doing like this, you know, this uh, sticking it to the man movement, they get off of GameStop because Robinhood and TD Ameritrade and a bunch of other places where you buy stock stopped letting them buy it. So they said, you know what, we're going to take our money and we're going to go put it into Dogecoin. And when they go and they put it into Dogecoin, what ends up happening is that Dogecoin in a 24 hour period went up like 800 percent. So some people who had Dogecoin from long ago or some people who just bought it when it was really cheap yesterday, the day before yesterday, because maybe they had a, a tip or maybe they were keeping their hand on the on the pulse of what was going on. They saw ridiculous returns, like 800 percent returns. Think about that. If you had a thousand dollars in Dogecoin, you just made a ton of money with an 800 percent return. And so what ended up happening was there was a guy on there who said because of the money that he had in Dogecoin and because of its skyrocket, the way that it shot up, he was able to pay off his student loans. There were people just buying all sorts of things because they saw this coin explode in value. And so what ends up happening? The richest man in the world currently, Elon Musk, he comes along and he shows his approval for Dogecoin. He goes onto Twitter and he puts a picture of a dog in a turtleneck on a magazine called Doge, D-O-G-U-E. And so that's his cryptic way of saying, I'm for Dogecoin. And so that made the price shoot up higher. That's why it saw that 800% boost. Today, as you can see on my screen, it's still at 5 cents. When yesterday, it was at 0 .007, 0 .007 cents. And so that's a huge return, right? That's a huge return on anyone who got into Dogecoin while it was on its upshoot. So how does Robinhood and Vlad Tenev, the CEO of Robinhood, respond to this? Well, of course, he goes and he blocks the sale and purchase of Dogecoin. Like, what are they doing? What they're saying is, we want a trench that divides the rich from the poor, and you can't come along and use the crowd to get rich. You can't do that. We can come along and we can bet on companies failing and make billions of dollars, but you can't come along and bet on cryptocurrencies or stocks winning and make millions of dollars. That's not allowed. That's not fair. I'm taking my ball. I'm going home. And so what this is showing is it's shining a light on Wall Street. It's shining a light on big tech and it's shining a light on the government. And it's saying all these people work together and there is a class war. There is a difference between you being one of the haves versus you being one of the have-nots. And if you are one of the have-nots, that's where we want you to stay. We don't want to give people equal opportunity, right? People don't get the opportunity to go out and make a killing just the way we do on Wall Street. We can make a killing on anything we want, but if you try to do that, we're going to shut it down. What does all that summarize into? It summarizes into this. Stocks are being manipulated on a daily basis and usually you don't get to see it but this time it was all exposed for the whole world to see and now Robin Hood and the confidence that people will have in that app 
is never going to be the same. They burned so much trust yesterday that they'll probably never recoup from it. If you use that app, you should get out of it now. Wall Street, they've been exposed again. And because of these losses, you're going to hear the Treasury Secretary. She has been saying this before she was confirmed as Treasury Secretary. You're going to hear her say that she's going to come after people who own cryptocurrency, especially Bitcoin. Don't believe that. That's what cryptocurrency users call FUD. Fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And governments all over the world do it all the time because they want you to sell your Bitcoin. They don't want you to have cryptocurrency. They don't want you to have the potential to have generational wealth or to flip the script and go from being poor to being wealthy or high middle class. They don't want that. If you ever had any doubt, the doubt is now clarified. They don't want people who are poor to get wealthy. That's very clear now, right? It's like a mean girl click. They're saying, no, this is our thing and you stay over there. You can't play. Okay. So what's going to happen is this is made a shift, whether or not we see it in the next couple of days or if it takes a couple of months or a couple of years, but people are clearly going to start investigating and educating themselves about cryptocurrency and they're going to start stepping away from traditional investments into cryptocurrency investments. And that's a whole world unto itself. And it's at the early stages. It's still crawling. Why do I say that? Because traditional investors, institutions, corporations, and pension funds, they're not into Bitcoin yet the way they're going to be. Right now, Bitcoin is at like $35,000. On February 4th, they're having a meeting where they're going to bring all these corporations together and they're going to educate them on how they should be buying Bitcoin. When that happens, you're going to see all these institutional investors, all these billionaires, all these corporations start taking their capital and start putting it into Bitcoin. And the price of Bitcoin is going to explode. The Winklevoss brothers, the guys who originally invented Facebook before Mark Zuckerberg stole it from them, they took a bunch of the money that they got when they sued Facebook and they put it into Bitcoin. And now both of those guys are billionaires individually because of how much Bitcoin they hold. And so what's going to happen is, is that you're going to have a bunch of other rich people trying to do the same thing. They're coming later to the party, but they have a lot of money to bring. And the Winklevoss brothers have predicted that Bitcoin will probably go to $500,000 once it reaches a market cap of $9 trillion, which is the same market cap as gold. Because Bitcoin may not be good for transacting, for buying and selling. It's very slow. It takes a while. It's expensive to do the transactions, the fees that are involved, things like that. But there's a bunch of other cryptocurrencies that have been invented to be like money, to be fast, to be cheap, low fees, things like that. But it's great for holding value. It's great because it's a limited resource. By 2040, there will only be 21 million Bitcoin that have ever been produced and that will ever exist. So people will then have to use fractions of Bitcoin. That makes it like gold. Not only that, but it's also easy to transfer. You can send Bitcoin the same way you can send email, basically, across the world, right? You can't do that with gold. If you have a whole bunch of gold, it's very hard to transport. Plus, you have to guard it. You have to protect it. You have to keep it out of people's knowledge. I mean, you want to do that with any kind of riches that you hold. But my point is, is that it's a technology that allows you, as long as we have electricity, we will have Bitcoin and it's going to go up in value. So this is not financial advice. I'm not a financial advisor, but I do recommend that you educate yourself on Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and consider the fact that you should be investing in this because this is the future. That's why I say that Wall Street, GameStop, Dogecoin and you because this affects you. This matters to you, right?
If you're going to hold on to your dollars and inflation starts to hit because they're giving out all this money for free, somebody has to pay for that. That's coming from your taxes. They're already talking about raising taxes. They're going to do that. And when you raise taxes, inflation starts to happen, right? When you print money, inflation starts to happen. So your dollar is going to buy less and less than what it was buying just a few weeks ago, just a few years ago. You see what I'm saying? But that's not going to happen with Bitcoin. The value of Bitcoin is going to increase because as more people educate themselves and start to say, hey, you know what? Maybe the dollar isn't the best place for me to save my value, to store my value. Maybe I should move into cryptocurrency. As more people start to make that decision, the value of the cryptocurrencies are going to go higher. The majority of cryptocurrencies are limited resources. Bitcoin's at 21 million. Maker only has a million, right? There are some that have billions, but the lower the amount of tokens that there are, the higher the value that that cryptocurrency will likely have. That's not across the board. That's not a rule that applies to every single cryptocurrency because there are a number of things that factor into whether or not a cryptocurrency grows in value. As you can see here with Dogecoin, the team hasn't been developing this since 2015, but here we are, it's at five and a half cents almost. And yesterday it was at seven hundredths of a cent. So things can change, things can be manipulated and values can skyrocket or values can tank. This is why I say this is not financial advice. This is information for you to go out there and to educate yourself. This is something to bring you up to speed, to alert you to the fact of what's going on in your world and to give you the impetus to go out there and figure it out and learn and see what decisions you should make that best suit you. I think I've gone on long enough and I got the ideas out. If there's any questions you may have, leave them in the comments. You can always hit me up on social media. I'm Mark Pizarro. Have a blessed day.